0: Good to be with y'all. We live in Texas now, so we have to say y'all. And we know that the plural is all y'all. And uh, so we're learning things, since moving to the great state of Texas, which is inching closer and closer east. Who knows where we'll end up. Um, we love Cajun food. It's good to be here with y'all. I say it again. And um, we love getting to do young adult college, talks ministries versus high school because safe environment be darned we can just be ourselves and we're always ourselves but now it's like with you know before the lord um just to be real with you guys to be real with where god is how he's moving in your life and remind you of some things maybe you've forgotten or throw some things out for the first time to to chew on to ponder and so we're really excited to to be with you guys
1: So when I was right out of college, um, I was a youth, my first job out of college, I was a youth minister in a little beach town of California called Ventura, California. And I remember I was sitting on my bed and I had this ache in my heart and I thought it was for a husband. I'm like, Lord, you are Lord of all the universe. You can bring him whenever you want. Wink, wink, bring him now. You know, Um, Jesus, I trust in you. And so I remember I sat on my bed, I got my Bible, and I did what is called Bible roulette. Have any of you ever done this where you go, Lord, speak to me, and then you point somewhere? Have you ever done this? It's a dangerous game, y'all. It's dangerous. Why? Because the Bible has some weird, crazy passages, okay? Like, if you're like, Lord, speak to me, and you end up in Second Kings chapter 2, which is Bobby's favorite Bible verse, it says, Elisha, the prophet, went up to Bethel. And while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Get up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys to pieces. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so you're like, Lord, that's not exactly what I was praying for. Um, you know, or you're like, Lord, speak to me. And you like end up on Psalm 38, which by the way, I had a friend who was signing a book and normally he signs the book like his name and then Psalm 138.8, which says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. That's great. That's beautiful. But in the moment he couldn't remember if it was 138.8 or 38.8. So he wrote Psalms 38.8, and when that poor woman went home, he said, oh, what Psalm Psalms 38.8 say? And she opens up her Bible, it says, my loins burn with fever for you. <laughs> my flesh has been afflicted. <laughs> Sounds like you need a cream for that. Okay, um, but maybe some of you are like, Lord, I bring me my husband, or like, you're like, bring me my wife now, and you're like, my loins burn with fever. You're like, you're not wrong. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, thankfully, I ended up a couple psalms later, on Psalm 63, which has become one of my favorite psalms. I have memorized it, and it's actually that one of the psalms that, if you pray the Liturgy of the hours, you pray it very often, um, because it's like the solemnity, the psalm the solemnity. So anyway, Psalm 63 says this, and in my heart, I had this ache and this longing, and we all have felt this ache and this longing because we're all human beings. Sometimes this ache and this longing feels like loneliness. Sometimes it just you know, it's just like oh it hurts so bad, right? And I read this psalm and it says this it says Oh God you are my God For you I long For you my body yearns For you my soul thirsts like a land that is parched lifeless and without water so I look to you in the sanctuary to see your power and glory for your love is better than life and in that moment i kind of laughed and i was like that's funny lord because what i'm realizing is that this ache and this longing what i think is for a husband is actually for you and all that yearning in my body it's actually for you and I just kind of laughed. I was like, okay, Lord, you can be my boyfriend, <laughs> all right. You know, and, and I really like, I realized that the, the longings and these desires in our hearts What's so beautiful is, you guys, this is how we were created as human beings. In fact, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in the, one of the opening paragraphs, it's one of my favorites, in paragraph 27, it says, the desire for God is written in the human heart. Now, does it say the Catholic heart? No. It says the human heart meaning it doesn't matter if you are Catholic or Buddhist or Hindu or Jewish or atheist or Muslim every single person has been created in the image and likeness of God and therefore every single person has a desire for God because that's how we were created and it says this that God never stops he never ceases to draw us to himself because only in God Will we find the truth and happiness we never stop searching for? Every human being wants to be happy. Every human being wants truth, beauty, goodness. And we will never stop searching for it. And guess what? Sometimes we think, man, if I just had enough money, that would make me happy. Man, if I just had enough likes or followers on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, man, that would make me happy. If I just had enough this, if I had just, guess what? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. In fact, a Harvard, I'll just throw in some psychology, a Harvard professor of psychology actually researched, and most of his Harvard kids were miserable, by the way. He found out it's not success that leads to happiness. In fact, it's the other way around, that happiness leads to success. Which, if you you take that in the Catholic realm, that it's because doing all these things doesn't lead you to being satisfied. In fact, it's you realizing that God alone satisfies every desire of your heart that what's so beautiful is I had a conversion at 18 years old where I fell in love with Jesus. Now, I was Catholic, but I, was, I only went to Mass because my mom told me so. My dad's not Catholic. So I went to church because my mom made me. And when I was 18, I fell in love with Jesus. I started researching my Catholic faith. I read every single book I could get my hands on. I started going to daily Mass, and I fell in love with Jesus in the church. And what was so beautiful when I realized that God alone satisfied me, I was like, great Lord, I could die tomorrow. And my vocation could be in heaven, and I am so happy to be yours. You know, I wanted to be married. I'm like, oh, Lord, I want to be married. But I'm like, well, if I die tomorrow, I'll be married with you in heaven. Awesome, you know. Um, but again, having that trust in the Lord, trusting in God, and, and really looking in my heart and seeing, like, what were the desires of my heart? God, how, how do I need you to heal me? Lord, where am I wounded in my life? How can I be fully yours? What is keeping me away from you? Is it my insecurity? Is it the fact that I want people to like me? Is it that I want more followers? You know, it's like, what are the desires of my heart? And the desire of my heart should be, God, you alone, I want you. That's it. I want you. And I want to be with you for all eternity. And whether I die tomorrow, awesome. You know, and whatever you're calling me to, awesome. God is all for you. And you guys here, you know, a lot of you have been raised Catholic. And, you know, some of you have amazing Catholic families. Some of you maybe have more of a situation like me. But here's the truth, is that we're called to be integrated. Both, we're not just spiritual beings, right? We're human beings. And and I feel like a lot of times being raised Catholic, we're taught how to pray the rosary. We're taught the Divine Mercy Chaplet. We're taught all these prayers. And a lot of times, we're not formed in human formation. So even in seminary... Bobby will talk about that, but even in seminary, they have spiritual formation, human formation, pastoral formation. My question for you is, who, who gave you your human formation? Hopefully it was your parents, right? But I, 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 we have four kids under the age of seven. I'm like, I don't want my kids just to know prayers. Now, I want them to know their prayers. I want them to know scripture. But guess what? I want my kids to be good human beings. Can you nod your head and say amen? I want my kids to learn how to look at other human beings and not use them, amen? Like I want to teach my, my kids how to love others even when they disagree with them, even when they're hated by them. Like I want them to be good humans that are integrated body and soul, that have had good human formation. Like for instance, one, one thing is like, this, again human formation is in a way spiritual formation, my, my daughter, our daughter, Zaley, is a curly little redhead, and yes, redheads have souls. God bless you. Um, you don't... Although our zaylee threw tantrums so bad that I was like, do we need, like, an exorcist to come in here? Um, you know, and zaylee had quite the temper, but zaylee would... Man, her tantrums were nuts. Like, she would throw herself on the floor, kick and scream. And I remember I, I went into her room one time, and I said, zaylee I said, why do I love you? And we've trained our children to say because I'm your daughter or because I'm your son, because I want my kids to know I don't love them because of their achievements. Okay? Now, maybe some of you have felt like your parents only love you because when you get straight A's. or Maybe your dad puts a lot of pressure on you, like, well, my dad only loves me when I'm doing well in sports. Or maybe your mom has put pressure, like, my mom only loves me when this. Maybe that your parents have made you feel that way, and I want to make sure my kids do not feel that way. And so I say, I said to Zaley, like, Zaley, why do I love you? She goes, because I'm your daughter. And then I said, "Zaylee, do I love you even when you do bad things? And she goes, hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, how sad. She literally is losing her crap because she thinks when she gets in trouble, mommy and daddy stop loving her. And I literally said, Zaley, I love you even when you do bad things. Now, I want you to do good things. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. It's not okay to punch your brother in the face, okay? We're gonna learn some good coping mechanisms, you know, (laughs) healthy ways. (laughs) But like, literally, I'm like, I'm like, Xaeli, I love you no matter what. And she goes like this, she goes, (sighs) and from then on, I can't even tell you, her tantrums were not nearly as bad because she realized, okay, mommy and daddy still love me, even when I'm having a meltdown, even when I hit my brother, you know, even when I'm whatever. It was this beautiful moment of like, wow, you guys, so many of us, we think that we can earn God's love, which means we can also lose God's love, and that's not true. Guess what? God loves you just as much when you're in adoration as he does when you're in a dark room doing things you shouldn't be doing. He still loves you. In fact, it says in the Bible that God proves his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How amazing is that love? He still loves us even. He still loves the murderer, the rapist. Like, that is unreal that that's how much God loves us. And then you, but you and I sometimes think like, oh, when I'm not going, you know, doing a daily rosary, he doesn't love me as much. Or maybe if I just do more rosaries or if I do more devotions, he's going to love me more. And that's a lie. God's love does not change the more you do, or the less you do, because God loves you because you are his son or you are his daughter. You cannot earn God's love and you cannot lose God's love. And that should make you go, oh, thank God. Because some of y'all are performance achievers in this room, right? You're all cholerics, y'all are like, dang, okay, I make a checklist and I think he loves me more. And some of you are scrupulous, You, you struggle with scrupulosity, and you're like, oh, dang, I do that, you know? I want you to rest in the fact that God loves you no matter what. Like a father, just as much as I love my kids, just as much as Bobby loves our children, God loves us even more. I tell my kids, I say, God loves you even more than I do. And if I love you so much, God loves you so much more. And they're like, wow, that's crazy. Because they know how much we love them. And the truth is, you guys, God I desire this for you, but God desires it even more. God desires that you are healthy and holy. And when I say healthy, that means in a very human way. He doesn't just want us to be spiritual people. Like, when you're like, I'm spiritual but not religious. I'm like, okay. Well, even the devil was spiritual but not religious, okay. (laughs) So, you know, I'm like, even the devil believed in God. The devil could quote scripture, can you? You know, it's like, dang. Like, oh, girl. Um, Like, we need not to be just spiritual. But guess what? We also need to be human, Amen. And the world is teaching us, in fact, how not to be human. I mean, as the culture goes more and more, like everything is online, everything is virtual, it's weird, it's teaching us how to be less and less human. You guys, we need people, we need, we need humanity, and like, we're gonna talk about, just share our stories of what does it mean to have good human formation, because we want, God wants us to be saints, and that means having good human formation and spiritual formation.
0: Hi. I'm the, I'm the introvert in the relationship, so when she's on a roll, I'm like, mm, go, go, stop. Yeah, don't stop, please. Um, our little Xaeli as well, she just is the philosopher who right before bedtime, you're trying to get them to sleep, she'll be like, Dad, are we real? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord, help me not to screw up my daughter for her entire life, like, okay. Or she'll be like, Dad, is, Mary's the mother of God, but God can't create his mom, can he? And you're like, oh, give me the whiteboard, okay? Like in the beginning. So, just the importance of Jackie was saying of like that integration of body and soul that we're not rifting ourselves apart. Where I'm just up here and I'm not paying attention to my human needs, um, and I'm not at war with myself either. I'm not constantly fighting that battle of like against the flesh. It's the in, there, there is a spiritual battle happening, but it's also We're called to be integrated. And I'm I'm reminded of, for those struggling with perfectionism, and part of it too is like the Socrates, like know thyself. Know what makes you tick. Know your temperament. Know your strengths and your weaknesses and give glory to God in your quirks and what makes you weird and what makes you you. You know, give glory to God there and to look at like what wounds am I carrying with me? What's been done to me in my story? What have others done to me, what have I done to myself? Um, maybe a parent didn't put perfectionism on you, but maybe you put it on yourself. And I'm reminded of junior year of high school, um, I, was, was sw- I was a swimmer, and there was one race that, I don't know, I was trying to compete with the seniors, and one race went horribly wrong. And um, goggles filled up with water off the get-go, missed the wall, And just, like, everything that could go wrong went wrong in this race. And I remember getting out of the the pool, and I just threw my goggles. And I'm pretty chill. But I just threw it and was just so angry at myself. And the next day at school, one of the assistant principals comes by. And he he pokes his head, and he's like, "Uh, can I speak to Mr. Angel for a minute? Now, I'm not the kid to get in trouble for anything. So the whole class turns, and are like, him? Like, what'd he do? And I'm like, what did I do? And I get out there, and he, Mr., his name was Mr. Harry. He was at the, um, the meet, and he says, Mr. Angel, I just want you to know that you are a scholar and you are a gentleman. I just want you to know that. And that was it. And it was this moment of like, yeah, like God wants us to achieve. God wants us to push ourselves, push our limits, seek holiness. But there's also this like, what undue pressure am I putting on myself? How am I starting to crumble? And what am I hiding under the surface? Um, what am I beating myself up over? And I, you know, having little kids, we have Encanto on repeat like every single day. And Lynn Manuel Miranda can write a hook like no other. And our two year old is constantly coming up to us. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you want Bruno? She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but man, what a psychologically insightful film. And generationally, we're seeing like people that just, in terms of human formation, I don't want to deal with the trauma I've experienced in my life. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it within the family. We don't talk about it within myself. And maybe for our era, we are willing to put ourselves more on display in a selfie-based culture. But that's not dealing with our wounds either, because it's also this striving for perfectionism, and nothing is wrong with me, and I've got it all together, and everything's perfect. It's a different kind of mirrored way of like, I'm good. And in the spiritual life, that translates to, hey, I'm doing some rosaries, I'm showing up here and there, but I'm, I'm good, God. I, I got it this week. Don't worry. I got it. And how often, especially if chastity is, is the struggle for you, and for me in college, I mean... Man, I, I, with fear and trepidation, I tell you, I went to, to the University of Florida, chomp chomp. Here I am in, in tiger territory, um, so don't hate me. But college for me was going all in with Jesus. Um, the parish I grew up at was um, like 90% elderly. And so I thought being Catholic was going to mass and helping out at bingo. And it was really riveting. Uh, and just thinking it was a moral code, a nice way to live life. And it wasn't until late in high school I got involved in the youth group and there were girls under the age of 60 <laughs> and donuts. And I'm like, this is great. And and before you know it, I'm on a march for life. I'm like, what is this? And I'm sitting before the Lord in adoration, I had no idea what was going on, but just felt like, Lord, you're here. And I need to be here. And so college was was, okay, Lord, I'm here, you're real. Like I can't go back to just ignorance but realizing, too, man, I've grown up with perfectionism that I put on myself. I've grown up with some twisted forms of love. Like, what I think is love is actually lust. Because I've allowed the culture, MTV, which existed back then and actually played music, and had some really weird reality shows. But it was like, I guess that's what love looks like, is hooking up. It's just one-night stands. It's like that's like the party culture. And so college for me was this, like, I, I want to become a disciple, I want to go all in, but I'm also told, like, well, this is what love looks like. I'm supposed to use other people. And untwisting that, and again, in a very pornified culture, it's also this, like, constant, no, other people are meant to be used and looked at as pleasure objects. And so, it's the, the untwisting of the heart when it comes to the daily, again, this is not overnight, it's not overnight. I'm cured, Lord. I'm good. I got it. Again, that's that perfectionism we don't talk about Bruno all over again. It's like Lord Daily like you know like where I'm trying to seek affirmation through my success, through my popularity, through my relationships. Where I want to be loved and where I'm acting out in unhealthy ways. To realize like how am I speaking about others? How am I speaking about myself? How am I, and this is where the Lord will allow us to fall into the same sin again and again and again and again. For me, in college, again, it was like constantly going to confession. I'd go to different parishes because you're worried the priest is going to be like you. (laughs) Like you again? Really? Like two days ago. Pope Francis says that it's not that God ever gets tired of forgiving us. It's that we get tired of asking for forgiveness. We get tired of confessing the same sin again and again. We get tired of, of... Admitting, I don't have it all together. But God the Father is like, come on back. Come on back. I look at my mutant crazy children, and there's nothing they could do to make me not love them. They drive me up a wall sometimes, and I want to sell them on Craigslist. (laughs) Jackie says, no, you sell them on Etsy, because we made them. (laughs) But, again, I... You better believe I'm going to guard them with my life. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to lay my life down. And isn't that the model Jesus gives us? It's like, listen, I see you. I see all of you, your achievements, your flaws, your quirks, everything. And I I would do it all over again, especially as we approach Holy Week, to look at the love of God in that way of like, that's how much I love you. And stop beating yourself up. Stop beating yourself up. I had a spiritual director tell me one time, God doesn't like it when you beat up on someone he loves. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. He's like, no, really, stop beating yourself up. It's this slow process of, like, Lord, like, knowing myself and saying, okay, for me, it's lust. Lord, help me to get the sins I have out into the open. And for me in college, uh, sorry, in, when I entered the seminary, because I ran away from God for a while after college, but finally relented, went to the seminary, um, and met this guy Julio, and I am this stoic Ron Swanson, you know, white guy. And Julio was the extroverted guy from the Dominican Republic who was a caricature. And I had this moment where I said, you know what, I, I, I don't want to be the priest who's looking at pornography. I don't want to be the husband that's looking at pornography. Like, I need to get this out of my life now. And at the time, Covenant Eyes was fairly new. It was like eight bucks a month. And I had this Holy Spirit moment of like, Lord, is my future vocation, whatever it is, worth $8 a month? I was like, yeah. And I just marched to Julio's dorm and knock on the door. I'm like, Julio, will you be my accountability partner? Will you get these emails that show you what I look at every week? And he's like, brother. I will die for you. And I'm like, Julio, just, just get the email, okay? You don't... You don't need to die for me. But it was that, like, I, I got to be honest. And this is where, like, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Of, like, we have to realize we're all the walking wounded in some way. None of us have it all together. And to take an honest look and be like, Lord, where am I falling again and again? What is, is keeping me disintegrated? Because it's not, Jesus, Jesus doesn't come to say, I have come to give you rules and make you miserable. John 10.10, I have come to give you life, and life in abundance. I want you to be free, I want you to be integrated, and I want you to be healed.
1: And just real quick news flash, when you get get married, your stuff doesn't just magically disappear. Okay? Can you nod your heads like, okay. In fact, when you get married or when you're in your vocation, it actually comes to light. So maybe the abuse that you didn't deal with ever is going to really be an issue in your marriage. I have a friends that they are separated right now because the the, the the girl never dealt with her sexual abuse in her childhood and it is ruining their marriage. This stuff comes to light. Your insecurities come out. All this stuff, it doesn't just go what your pornography problem doesn't just go away when you get married. In fact, it, it, it can ruin marriages. And so this is why It doesn't matter if a married couple, you're praying a rosary every day. Listen, I know people who were praying rosaries every day and the husband was cheating on the wife, okay? If you don't learn human formation, you're in trouble. But, and this is the the culture, our culture... Here are the two options our culture. The culture says, narcissism, narcissism, everybody, it's about me, it's a self I'm gonna put myself in, you know, and you know what narcissists do? In fact, in psychology, one of the characteristics of a narcissist is they're always a victim. Oh, it's never my fault, it's always their fault. You did this to me. A-, a narcissist is always a victim. So you can either be a victim about your problems or the other option the culture gives is just don't talk about it. Everything's perfect, I look fine, everything's great. Those are not the options Jesus wants for you, amen? Here's the option Jesus wants for you. I'm in, okay, actually, the first step of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know what the first step of Alcoholics Anonymous is? <laughs> it's admit that you have a problem, amen? Guess what? The first step of Christianity as a disciple is to admit you have a problem. You know what? In my family, my family, my immediate family, external family, within my family, I have adultery, abuse, rape, pornography, addiction, divorce. I have all that stuff. And the cycle of sin happens over and over and over again in families until somebody says no more. And if you have a family whose your parents have a messed up marriage, your father was an alcoholic, you were abused, guess what? If you want to stop that cycle, it starts with you. And when I said yes to Jesus at 18, I said, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And as for me in this house right here, I do not want adultery. I do not want rape. I do not want divorce. I do not want addiction in my house. And that's why I was like, Lord, I need you. Because I'm insecure, I have pride, I'm lazy, I'm lustful, I'm anger, I'm angry. I need you, God. That's, that's what God, what he wants us to be healthy, to admit it, that we're not perfect. We, God, we need you. I'm not going to be a victim and say, oh, I'm just always, a, it's always everyone else's fault. Like, I'm just, it's always their fault. Like, I, do, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to be that. And I'm not going to just shut it away and pretend like I don't have problems and pretend everything's perfect because God wants you to be free and you know what the devil wants? The devil wants you to hide things because the devil number, does two things. The devil wants to isolate you and make you feel like you're all alone because this is what happens. If you're struggling with any sin right now, you're going to feel this is what the devil does. The devil says, oh, you're all alone. Nobody does this. Oh, you're so gross. No one else is struggling with that. That's not true. The devil also wants you to keep things in the dark. The devil wants you to not talk about stuff. The devil doesn't want you to talk about the abuse that happened when you were a kid. The devil doesn't want you to talk about, you know, how you're still hurting about the breakup that happened in your life. The devil doesn't want you to talk to anybody about, again, your parents' divorce, the abuse, the sickness, the the cancer in your family. Like, the devil wants you to keep things stuffed. And we all know what happens, right? (laughs) In in Canto, the house falls apart. There's a bunch of cracks. We don't talk about it, and the house falls apart. Spoiler alert, sorry. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You guys, we're going to come to adoration right now. And any time you come to prayer, it says in Scripture, it says that when you come before the Lord, the veil is removed, and he He wants to transform you from glory to glory. You know what that takes? You know what it takes in a marriage? You know what it takes with this marriage between you and God? It takes you being vulnerable before God admitting you have a problem and saying, you know what, God, I really struggle with insecurity. I really struggle with my relationship with my dad. My dad always made me feel like I was nothing. I was worthless. God, I really struggle with my mom. She she was a perfectionist, and I always felt like I was never good enough. It takes you being vulnerable before God. God, I really struggle with it. You know, being vulnerable before God, and God's like, come here. God the Father just wants to wrap you in his arms like a father does. And when we come before prayer tonight, just be very honest with God. Like, what are the desires of your heart? Guess what? We should all desire to be great, to be great saints. And it doesn't mean that we're all going to have YouTube channels with millions of followers. It means that what we do is God wants us to glorify him. It says, in fact, that we exist for the praise of his glory. Do we exist for our praise of our glory? No, we exist for the praise of his glory. How do we glorify God? By being who God created us to be, by allowing God to heal the wounds that we have. You guys, it is not easy. It's going to be painful. It's going to be painful to go inside, to go inside your heart, to go inside the mess But man, I'm telling you, when you let God in the mess, he transforms you from glory to glory. It is beautiful. Because God wants you to be a light to the world. And you cannot be a light in the world if you are hiding under a bushel basket and you're hiding all your crap with it. Okay? You are going to change the world, and uh, that's allowing God to heal you. So let's just close our eyes. Let's take a moment of prayer. The band is coming. We're going to take time in adoration. But I invite you as we close and ask yourself, God, where do I need to allow you to come and heal my heart? Where is there fear in my life? What am I afraid of? God, where am I insecure? God, show me how you want to help me to be free, to be fully alive. God, what is keeping me from you? What do I turn to that I think satisfies me, but it doesn't? Is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it sex? Hooking up pornography? Is it likes? Is it comments? Is it being popular, successful? Is it having money? Is it having status? Where do I turn to that I think will satisfy me, but it doesn't? Help me desire you above all things, Lord. For your love is better than life.